Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hello, welcome to Journeys in Faith here on Fiat Ministry Network. My name is Andy Santis and I'm your host. It's so great to be here on this Friday evening because I have an amazing guest, as I have so many amazing guests, but I'm very excited about this one because it's a person that I've interviewed before. I admire so much, and her name is Nancy Ward, and she is a Catholic author. Nancy, thank you so much for joining us here on Journeys in Faith. So good to be with you again. Yes, it's so good to be here with you, and we have so much to talk about. And before we start this program, I want to ask people to check out your beautiful websites because I really enjoy those email reminders that I get from you because your ministry is all about sharing your faith story. You know, all of us have a faith story and that's really what Nancy's ministry is all about. So please stay with us for this hour. We have so much to talk about. And you have so much to share, whoever you are watching. And that's what Nancy's all about. So please stay with us. And I would like you to invite you to go to her two websites. One of them is called joyalive.net. That's her first website. And that's where I get some beautiful emails that come to me every single day, I believe. And joyalive.net is all about... Uh, beautiful faith stories, as I said, and also just staying connected here as Catholics, as people of faith. I know that's so important to Nancy and what she's trying to achieve in her evangelization efforts. Now, the other one is nancyhcward.com. And I'm, I think that our producer might be putting that website up. There it is. And there it is. Learn your faith story. And so, uh, before we get into the differences with those two websites, I know that'll probably take us almost the whole show just to kind of talk about the differences in these two uh, evangelization efforts. I just want to invite Nancy to share her own faith story because it's so interesting to hear how you got to where you are right now. Yes, and um, I was uh, raised in a Protestant home. We weren't um, anti-Catholic. We just knew a lot of myths and uh, misinformation about the Catholic Church. But I dearly loved that church. I was, we were there whenever the doors were open. And so uh, I uh, grew up, you know, teaching Sunday school and singing in the choir and taking care of the nursery and volunteering for everything that there was. I loved the youth ministry. And when I was 15, the youth group went on a little retreat up in the mountains and we had uh, songs and teachings and a little campfire at night. And we had, we were singing all of these beautiful songs that I love. And the youth minister said, now I want each of you to go around, go and find you a place to talk to God and then come back and we'll share what, what uh, information you got, what message you got. So I found myself a nice, beautiful tree and, I sat down by it and I was still singing this song that was my favorite and all of a sudden from deep within my soul came this growing sense of joy that I had never experienced I was just stunned it completely overwhelmed me and I knew that God loved me and that Jesus was real and I didn't believe that anyone could love me the way I felt right then 
that beautiful presence. Well, I was a very shy teenager. And when we got back to the campfire, I didn't say a word. I just looked down at the campfire and was quiet because I, how do you explain an experience like that? And, and I didn't even want to share it really because it was such a, such a deep treasure, such a new experience for me. In fact, when I got home, my mother asked me how was the retreat? And I said, it was good. I didn't even tell her about it. it that was like a treasure that Jesus and I had together. And I kept that in my heart. And my faith grew over the next couple of years. And three years later, when I was 18, my father suddenly died. And I was just devastated. The whole family was just thrown into chaos. And being the middle daughter of, of three daughters, I was, I, I took on the role of like keeping everything under control, you know, all during the time that we had the people coming in for his funeral. I was the one that was, you know, serving the coffee and answering the door and answering questions and doing all that. Everybody else was just in chaos. And I really didn't, I really didn't express my need for anyone to console me. And I, I felt like Jesus was the only one that could console me. And so I just cried myself to sleep every night, just like I was in his arms. And from that time on, I knew that Jesus would always be there for me. And I also made a decision at that, during that time in my life that what I wanted for my life was to marry a Christian man who was a devout Christian. And so we could raise a, um, establish a, a Christian home and raise Christian children. That's really what I wanted because of this terrible experience with, with our home really breaking up so terribly with my father's death. So a couple of years later, I met the perfect man. He followed all, fell into all of the categories. He had every quality I wanted. Trouble was he was a Catholic. Uh -huh. Here I am. By this time, I'm working at the church uh, during the um, spring break and the holidays. I'm on the staff of this church and they are very close. We are very close because you can imagine after my father died, how they were so caring for our whole family. And so I had this dilemma and I thought, what should I do about this? How can I leave this, my beloved church family that's, that's the security that I have there and the love that I have there? And, and I, I struggled with this a long time. And the other thing I, I struggled with was I had, one of the myths that I heard was that you can't marry in the Catholic church unless you're a Catholic. I know that's not true, but that's, that's what wow. I... So I had these two things. And so I was struggling with it. And one day this thought just came through my mind and it said, how are you going to ever tell your mother that she can't have that beautiful wedding that she's always planned for you in that church? And I knew I'd made the decision to not, not have that wedding that she had planned for me, but to get married in the cathedral down the street uh, with, with Phil. And so uh, he, he cleared up for me that it was neither uh, expected nor required that I become a Catholic. That we could certainly have a wedding. It wouldn't be a mass, but we could, we could be married in the Catholic church because that's what he was. And if I had ever even suggested that we not marry in the Catholic church, then he wouldn't be the same guy that I fell in love with because that was what was his driving force, was his Catholic faith. So we did, we had this wedding in the cathedral, uh, which was his parish. And, and we, 
we got married under these huge golden wings of the Holy Spirit. I just remember that so well. It was such a beautiful spot for us to be married in. Somehow, both families were pleased. And, you know, I got a little flack from my family here and there. But after about four months later, we, four months later, we uh, moved away because this was a time oh, oh, way back there, right before um, the draft ended, that Phil had to do a couple of years in the service. And so we moved to San Diego and I decided that I would try out the lifestyle of the Catholic church and see if I could um, get a little closer to us having the same form of worship because it was, would be very difficult for me to change the way I worship. And so I went for what was called inquiry classes. That's what they had before RCIA. And that's where you go one and one with a priest and he teaches you about the Catholic church. So I went to these classes, Bill was gone, out to sea, all right? And here I was. And so I, I went to these classes for, I don't know how many weeks, but I didn't get finished before we got transferred again. We got transferred somewhere else. So by now I had a baby, okay? And so the next place we lived, I went to inquire a class in a different parish with my baby, little, little, he was infant. And the priest uh, went through the whole same thing again, but we didn't get finished. So the third, the third place we, were, we lived, the priest got into about the second or third lesson. And he said to me, he said, Nancy, you know enough to become a Catholic. When you get home, when you get out of the service and you get home, you have that priest that married you, baptized you. And I was shocked, but what happened that day was I said, you know, you're right. I am ready to become a Catholic. And I had this peace in my heart. That's always a sign that you're in the will of God, I think. That's right. Absolutely. And so uh, a few months later, when we got out of the service, I had what I now refer to as the grand trifecta on Saturday afternoon. I was baptized had my first confession, reconciliation, and my first Eucharist. And it and that was, there we are, under those golden wings of the Holy Spirit. It was just a beautiful ceremony. Of course, my mother didn't come, but that was okay. That was okay, because I was, I was fully into the Catholic Church. And then we moved to Dallas and started our life in the Catholic Church as a family. So that's my conversion story. And uh, that's, that's the story that, I didn't think I could ever tell to anyone because I have to preface it with the story on the mountain when I was 15 years old and how shy I was. So you have to say I've come a long way since I was 15. <laughs> I will say, I will say, because I truly enjoy all of the things that you do to evangelize. And uh, I mean, and I'm a pretty devoted Catholic, but you know what, you're evangelizing me for exactly where I am. And I'm, I'm grateful to you because I love people's faith stories. And I love your faith story. And I know we have a lot more to talk about on this show. Now, was there a point in your own faith journey where God revealed to you that you would be used to evangelize others? Well, that came a lot later in my life. Um, we went to, um, we went to the Curcio at one point, And uh, then we moved again when Phil went to MIT for three years. We came back, this was quite a bit later. And then we settled in a neighborhood that was 
that had a, a good a good uh, it was a good neighborhood. It had a Catholic church and a Catholic school, which we did not send our children to because the parish was pretty dead. I mean, we didn't realize that until we were there a few months, but well, the priest was an alcoholic and he wasn't very pastoral and they didn't have very many ministries. They didn't have ministries and they had the school and, and that was it. And we didn't meet very many friends. And it turned out that we were just kind of dragging our children to church. Mm. Gradually, our whole family sort of got into materialism and we were drifting way apart. And I didn't know if our family was even going to survive. But my husband kind of got disgusted with it all. And he, um, he was invited to a retreat. And he, I think he went just to get away from the family that weekend. Because <laughs> everything was in such chaos. And he found out about, about this um, group over in the high school over near, near us. It was about 15 minutes away. And they had prayer meetings and they had uh, a different kind of worship than we were used to. And they had a life in the spirit seminar and he wasn't too sure about that, but we started going and uh, I liked it a lot. And so we, sometimes they would want to go and some Sundays I'd want to go, but turned out we, we decided this would be good for our family. So we were dedicated to go to it. So we went to this life in the spirit seminar where you are, we are taught, through many different sessions, all about the Holy Spirit and all about how much God loves us and all about evangelization. And we saw these people were so good to us and so loving. We thought, you yeah, know, this is really, this would really help our family. And so they had a youth ministry for the kids and children's ministry for the little ones. And it just became a, um, a way that we spend our Sunday afternoons doing this. And so at the end of the Life in the Spirit seminar, and I did, it was the same thing that happened with me with my inquirer classes. I'd get uh, partway through and then Bill would go out of town on business and I didn't want to continue with that. I wanted want just to do this together. So I would start over. I started over three times. <laughs> I guess God wanted me to know the first couple of lessons. The first one's on God's love and the second one's on the Holy Spirit. And, and I know all about that because I went through that three times. <laughs> But anyway, uh, at the end, the, the um, structure is that they pray with you for a, a new infilling of the Holy Spirit. I said, boy, that sounds good. So it happened that we had made friends with a, a priest and he, that was part of this group. And he'd been to our home several times. And so anyway, when it came time for us to be prayed with, he came to be the one that would pray with us. And he prayed with us individually with other people around praying also. And he prayed this beautiful prayer. And I just sat there and I just closed my eyes and I just was so open to the spirit. It was so much like the experience on the mountaintop, except mountaintop, except all of these other people were involved. So when he got, when he got to his, finally got to the amen, I opened my eyes and, and <laughs> It was just like that scene in The Wizard of Oz. You remember when Andy M's house lands in Oz? Yes. Dorothy gets up and she opens the door and slowly the scene changes from black and white to color. Everything is brilliant. She never dreamed that life could be so beautiful. That's what happened to me. 
I couldn't believe the change in me and the change in everything around me was so vibrant. And we got so involved in our church. We got involved in Bible studies and marriage enrichment. And we became Eucharistic ministers. And we even started tithing and going to daily mass. I mean, what a change in our family. And the children noticed it. And they got involved with, with some of the stuff there too, the, the teachings and, and all of that. And so it was just a real boost for our family. And that's where I learned about evangelization. And I, I thought, you know, I could, I could probably evangelize. I, I have a story, but I was so shy. And that I, I would just, I started my blog and I'd start writing. I'd share a little bit on the blog about it. I said, I can do that. But public speaking was really, I was really afraid of that. Wow. What a story. And yeah. uh, so I, I know there's a lot more to it. I know there's so much more to your story. Uh, is there a place that people can go that you have your story uh, on one of your blogs that people can read even more? Because I know that uh, you have a lot to share as your life kind of developed. Right. Well, I have excerpts from it uh, in on Joy Alive. Mm -hmm. I don't have the whole story because this is this is where the whole story is. Mm, there it is. And, uh, it also has 30 other stories. That's a whole other chapter of my life, writing this book and do doing workshops. That's a whole other another, uh, part of my story. It is a whole other part of your story, but I want to just take a little kind of uh, break to tell them about that. <laughs> For those who are right here with us now, is that sharing your Catholic faith story, it's right there behind Nancy. And I believe it's available on Amazon, if I'm correct. Yes, and it's also uh, Barnes and Noble, and it's uh, any bookstore can order it from um, the distributor, Ingram distributor. Also. Yeah, it's truly amazing. So I would, I'd invite you, invite you to please to go on to Amazon and order it, because you know Nancy's a real joy. She's got so much to share. You want to subscribe to JoyAlive.net. Now, does Nancy H C Ward also have like a subscribe button there too? Uh, now that is my uh, what I call my speaker author website, which all the podcasts I've done are on there, and um, and information about my all my publications, all my uh, broadcasts, and uh, so you know how you it's all about the different activities that I have that I've published, and that's uh, it's a little a little video on there. It's an excerpt from the DVD, and that's all about uh, promoting. The, the workshop and the book so that more people can learn how to do this because that's my mission is to help other people to learn how to tell their stories. Yeah, it's so important. And, you know, you put your heart into it and I can tell, and I think our viewers can also tell when you're a very authentic person. And I know that you are doing this not for yourself in any way, but for others. So I'm just uh, so blessed to have you on, on journeys in faith because you know, that's what this show is really all about. It's all about uh, sharing people's faith stories. So uh, so I'm just so grateful to you. Now we have another topic I'd like to, to talk about before our break, and our break is coming up pretty soon, but we can start on this topic. You know, we're, we're taping this on September 11th. So 19 years ago on this day, of course, our nation suffered a major, major horrific tragedy in the death of 3,000 Americans and also 
some people also from other countries too, with the attacks on our nation's soil. So I wondered if you can share with us your own 9-11 story, because I know you have one. I do. Uh, This is um, another chapter in our life. The children had all gone to college or or away from home. And uh, Phil had an opportunity to to get a fellowship to be a technology advisor for a a U.S. senator. So we went to Washington, D.C. for three years. Um, excuse me, for, for a year, and we stayed an extra three months, and that was 20, 2001. So we got this apartment uh, on about two blocks from uh, the, between the mall, National Mall and the Potomac River. We were on the fifth floor. So on 9-11, he got up and he was getting ready to go to work, and we had the TV on, and we saw what happened. He immediately left for the Russell Senate office building. And so I, I was trying to uh, call the children and see, you know, and let, you know, talk with them about how everybody was all right. And they had come, the, the, all of the phone lines were jammed. You couldn't make an outgoing call. And so I sat down in the dining room window on my computer. I said, I'll send them emails. And then shortly I heard this loud, loud noise. And I looked out the window and I saw these flames from across the river. No idea what it was. So I went out on the balcony and I looked at that and I couldn't tell what it was. I thought maybe it was the airport because that was right near there. And I heard something on the TV and I came back in and it said, a plane has just hit the Pentagon. And so I looked out there at the other, the other direction because that's where Phil was. And the capital, you could see the capital in the other direction from where we lived. And I was so thankful because I found out later that the other plane had another plane had circled the Capitol looking for the White House and they couldn't find it because of the trees. And it's the one that uh, crashed in Pennsylvania. So we, we really had a close call there. And so I was, I was so um, shocked and, and I was trying to pray and, and all that would come out was praise you Jesus. I thought, why am I saying that? And I just kept saying it over and over. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. And, and it calmed me down. And so I, I grabbed my camera and I went down two blocks to the dock and I started taking pictures of the Pentagon burning because I thought, well, I'm a journalist and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record this historical moment. And I just, kept, I just kept saying this, praise you, Jesus. And it seemed like it drew the Lord, the Lord into that situation. And I remembered a scripture, which is uh, Psalm 22 verse 3 the lord inhabits the praises of his people so i was praising him not for the situation which was terrible but the fact that he was powerful enough to take care of it and that he would see me through it and so i just kept i kept saying that and i met these two motorists uh strand they were stranded because they were trying to go one way and the streets had all been uh everybody was diverted away from that area and uh, it was gonna be hours before they could uh, uh, go anywhere. So I invited them up to my apartment to wait. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. It's just the Holy Spirit, I guess. But they came up to the apartment and we and Phil got back from the Capitol. And we sat there watching this TV, you know, going all this, all this tragedy. And at noon, I stood up and I said, I need to go to church. We have a 1215 mass. It was about two blocks away. I said, I hope you'll excuse me. 
for, I'll be back in about 45 minutes. And this one motorist, she was a, a Baptist lady that worked at the um, airport. She said, do you think they'll take Baptist prayers? I said, sure. <laughs> so she came along with me and that St. Dominic's was just jammed. I had never seen more than a couple of dozen people in that huge church for daily mass. And everybody was very somber and crying. And, and I just kept saying, praise Jesus. And of course the Eucharist is what comforted me. But I, I remember that because you know, we're supposed to praise God in all circumstances. And that was really an extreme case where I was prompted to do that. And I've learned since that God does come to us. It, really, he's already there, but we're getting, we're coming into his presence when we praise him for who he is in a, in a crisis situation. And, and that's kind of helped me a lot during um, the pandemic too. So that's one big lesson that I learned. Uh, yeah. Um, Oh my goodness. I, I was, I was uh, anticipating our t time to talk about your 9-11 experience. Now I didn't know what it was before <laughs> this show, but you, you told me that you did have a story to tell. I had no idea that you had such a close uh, experience to it. So I'm, I'm happy that you share that with us because you know what? We all remember for those who are old enough and watching the show, we all remember where we were on this day. I mean, I was uh, at home with my two little, little, little girls who are now in their 20s. And back then they were only like uh, five and two. And, it, you know, it was a typical kind of day at home as a stay at home mom. And little did we know uh, within a couple hours of our day starting what would happen. Uh, but we always lift up our prayers for those who are affected by it and all the victims and families. And also, you know, for our country, because that was a really difficult time. But as you mentioned, you know what? Prayer came from it and a lot of people who turned to their faith. And you know, we can turn to our faith right now too during this pandemic. So that's a real blessing for all of us. Right. It really is. Now, Nancy, we do have to take a break. Um, but before we do, I just want to mention to the people who are on this broadcast with us and watching to keep an eye on something called Discover Your Mission. Discover Your Mission is a series on patreon.com. And it is, so there you go, it's up on the screen right there. And it, it is through P, uh, Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Hearts Ministry. It is a digital download of a parish ministry that you can subscribe to, to be sent right to your computer or your phone. It is truly invaluable. So pay attention to the commercial. And of course, we always talk about this great series, uh, Discover Your Mission. And again, it's on patreon.com slash patchwork heart ministry. So join us in just a few minutes. We will be right back here on Fiat Ministry Network. Hi, my name is Anne DeSantis, and I'm the director for the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at nonatus.org. I'm here to tell you today about two great podcasts that I hope that you will tune in. The first Tuesday of every month at 8 o'clock, we have a podcast specifically for Catholics affected by divorce. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, go to Philly Nonatus on YouTube to subscribe. In addition, we also have a podcast the last Thursday of every month. That's also at 8 o'clock Eastern Time for one hour. 
And that one is for families in crisis. We have some really great guests coming up soon, so hope to see you then. Please also consider the fact that you can make spiritual direction appointments with us, with our spiritual moderator. All you need to do is go to our website on the contact form and just reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you and look forward to setting up an appointment. So we'd love to connect with you. Please share this video and let people know that we're there for families affected by divorce and also families in crisis. Thank you. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. When I was young, in the 1950s, I attended Catholic Grammar School and I memorized the Baltimore Catechism. In fact, I think I got an A on all of my tests. Um, I faithfully attended Mass each week, not because I wanted to, but because I was afraid if I didn't, I would suffer eternal damnation. I followed all the rules. I followed my Catholic faith um, faithfully. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I can't even share with you how I was so wrote in my faith. And I was attending this, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck broke in my faith. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honey, you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm a, you know, he, his big line to me is you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never followed through on them. And so this was week after week month after month he is looking at me like this is a miracle there is no way that you on your own could have done this in first corinthians chapter 10 verses 16 through 21 saint paul compares the sacrifice of the christians to the sacrifice of israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans paul calls the chalice the blood of Christ and the bread as participation in the body of Christ and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time so in other words you need to decide what are you going to participate in are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice which is in the Eucharist or not.
Suzanne DeSantis, and I'm here again on Fiat Ministry Network, where I'm here every Friday night at 8.30. It's such a joy to be here. And as I said uh, on the first half of this show, that I have a truly amazing guest. Her name is Nancy Ward. She's coming to us from the suburbs of Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about her on her two websites. One is joyalive.net. The other one is nancyhcward.com. She's a Catholic author, and she really talks a lot about your Catholic faith story. In fact, if you take a look when we see her own picture again, that she is sitting behind, uh, or excuse me, I should say sitting in front of her own book right there, and it is Sharing Your Catholic Faith Story. Nancy, I thought we could just start out again. Tell us a little bit more about that book and how people can get it. Uh, yes, um, the book, it, it, I did a workshop, I, I do workshops, and I was doing the workshops, and people kept asking, but where's the book? So I got the book together, and the workshop is a kind of a do-it-yourself, and I added some, I added quite a more information to it, but it was uh, only part of the book. But there's 30 uh, stories of conversions and renewals that are written by Catholics that are in there. That, that people that enjoy reading other people's, these type of stories would really enjoy. And uh, you can, it's available through my, through joyalive.net. And it's available at Amazon and um, Barnes and Noble and any, any bookstore can order it through Ingram. And I have, there's also ebook e and the ePub's coming out soon too. So we have a lot of different channels to, to, to get it. You go to joyalive.net, you'll see all the different places. That you yeah. Can. It's awesome. I encourage people to definitely please get get it. You know, it, it's going to enrich your faith, and it's amazing. Now, before we took our break, we were talking about you know today is the 19th anniversary of September 11th, and you were talking to us about the fact that you know you weren't too far away from the Pentagon there, you and your husband, and you were able to see some flames and uh, and had sort of an upsetment that day of what was happening. But then you were also enriched in your faith because you saw so many people come to church and pray and and really offer themselves for those uh, people who were going through so much and have had lost their own lives. Now, I wondered, we're going through this pandemic right now since about March. And I wondered if you could compare for us, what are the what's the difference for yourself as far as those two uh I'll call them tragedies, right? That have happened in our country for yourself. Well, on 9-11, everybody was united. I have this shirt, United We Stand. I haven't worn it for years because we're not, our country's not united now. Everyone was on the same page. We were all mourning together for our country. Everybody was out, out helping everyone else and talking to them like they don't usually do in big cities like that. And there was, there was just so much uh, love and helpfulness and comfort going on. And with the pandemic, we're so, we were so isolated that it's hard to do that. And our country is, is not, there's so much a fear of a different kind, not just the COVID, but of the disorder, social disorder. And the Lord dealt with me from different ways. Like I explained with the 9-11, it was outward and with the pandemic, I just felt so confined and I really struggled against not being able to go certain places and not be able to do certain things. And one day the Lord just kind of calmed me down and he said, 
Nancy, I have you in a cocoon. He said, this is a protective co cocoon because I need to form you. I need to transform you into a certain person that you need to be when this is over with so that you can do what I need you to do. And I was just stunned. And I remember the story about school, school children that had a cocoon as their school science project. And uh, the teacher explained how the, the cocoons by the larvae struggles. And so, so one day the teacher was out of the room and the children decided they didn't, they wanted to help that larva not struggle. So they cut the end of the cocoon off. And of course the larvae died because it wasn't strong enough to live in the outside environment. And the Lord showed me that he was transforming me. He was teaching me certain things that I needed to learn in order to be what I needed to be when this is over with. And that was just so profound. So it was kind of the opposite of 9-11 where we were out doing everything. Instead, we were like confined and dealing with so many uh, different kinds of changes in our lives. I guess the low point for me was Easter when we couldn't celebrate Easter in our parish. I was just, I was just pretty devastated. But I was encouraged by Pope Francis. And I want to share this with you. Um, Please. He gave a um, homily at the Easter Vigil Mass that really cheered me up. And he said, tonight we acquire a fundamental right that can never be taken away from us, the right to hope. Since in this moment, we are given as a gift Christian hope, which is not optimism or empty encouragement, but something much greater, he said. Jesus's hope is different. He plants in our hearts the conviction that God is able to make everything work unto good because even from the grave, he brings life. So I needed that Easter message to realize that God was planting in my heart that hope that I needed to for myself and also for others. That's beautiful. That really is. Thank you so much for sharing that. Because, you know, it is all about hope. And I think uh, our Holy Father does have some great lessons on hope. I encourage people to read more about some of his own writings on that topic. I also wondered now with 9-11, you learned some skills on coping. And I wondered if you can share with us how you took the skills that you learned on how to cope into what we have had to dealt, deal with since, nine, uh, since the pandemic. I think that I learned that we recover, we recover our balance by helping others recover theirs. That would be the right thing. And I think we replenish our courage by encouraging others. In other words, an outward thing. And we renew our hope by sharing the hope that we have in God's grace working within us through the Holy Spirit. And so we have this, this lifeline to God where he is helping us. And yet he, he doesn't just give it. He gives that to us because he loves us. But he gives that to us to share with other people. Just like my conversion is, for, is his greatest gift to me. That's my conversion. But the story of my conversion is what I have to give to others or what he has to give to others because he doesn't give us these experiences just for ourselves. 
he gives them to us to share with others. And let's not waste any experience that we have that will give God glory. People need to hear what our experiences are and what God is doing in our life to give them hope and how he can straighten their lives out. Amen. Completely agree with you on that. So if somebody here is watching or listening, and just for people that we may know, some of us who are watching and listening, and they need to be instilled with hope, I wondered if you had any words of wisdom there. I would say, don't let anything go to waste, as I said, that will give God glory. I would journal, or journal your experiences right now, because your, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, they won't believe the change in the life that you led before the pandemic, just like life before 9-11 was so different in life after. It's hard to, it's hard to remember. But write down how you coped with things and what you did to um, make these changes that were so hard to make. And then trust that the Holy Spirit is going to give you the opportunity to share with someone that really needs that. Perhaps you're uh, grieving for a loved one and, and you haven't been able to be with them and it's really tearing you up. It breaks your heart. And, and pretty soon you're going to meet somebody that's going through that same thing. And you're going to say, this is how God got me through this and he can do the same for you. So all of our experiences are meant to help us, to heal us, to console us, but they're also meant as gifts to others from God. So true. So true. What would you say the best source of effective stories to bring hope? Where could we find those? Well, I think uh, we can rely on what Pope John Paul II said. He said, the most effective way to evangelize is through our personal testimonies. So that's what people believe in because people can't argue with your personal experience. They can argue with your theology or anything, like, anything else like that, but they cannot argue with your experience with God that's authentic. Yeah, that really is. That, that's a great answer to that one. Now, you were saying at the beginning that you were this shy person, you know, when you were a teenager and you kind of came out of your shell. So for somebody who might be watching and thinking, you know, I don't know if I'm really comfortable either sharing my story or sharing stories in general, would you have any advice for them? Well, that's why you journal. You, you journal because you don't know what to say. And so you write down and you, and you really find out the, the essence of the stories. Like everyone has God moments. I mean, I've shared several with you, several God moments where God really showed me something amazing that I needed to, to know or, or, or he, what he had for me. You write down those moments to where they're clear in your mind. And then you open your heart to, where, to who the when the Holy Spirit gives you that nudge and you'll know it to share that with someone, as I was saying, that it was meant for them. So if you, if you do that and in the book, it gives you a little, little ways to do that, but I don't have time to tell you all that, but there's yes. a way that you can do that. But no, that that's, that's an excellent answer. And how about, you know, for those of us who have gone through some, you know, challenging times during the pandemic, how can we take, those challenges and pass them on to others for the better in the future. Because, you know, when people went through, say, like World War II or, you know, other, other challenges and difficulties like 9-11 in our country, how can this challenge bring some hope to others maybe in many years from now? 
you have to be you have to be open in sharing them. I mean, I really believe in this. And you can write books about you can write a book about your whole experience. You can send you can send me your stories. Uh, we also have a um, new Facebook page called Your Catholic Story. So if you have something you'd like to share, I mean, there's so many places to share that kind of thing. And you, you can write it so that you're not like me. I, I started by writing my stories. I had to go to Toastmasters to get over my fear of speaking in public before I did very many workshops. So that's, that was my training for that. But I've always been a writer and I've always been a, a journaler. And so that's, that's where you clarify your stories and know what to, to share. And I, I think the hope that God gives us in, in all that he does for us, he gives us that hope. You know, my favorite scripture, the reason I'm talking about sharing so much is my favorite scripture is 1 Peter 3.15. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. So that's what we have to be ready to do. We don't have to say, I'm going to do this, this, this. You just have to know a few little stories, a few little things to share. And you just wait until the Holy Spirit gives you that person that is interested in you and interested in how you live your life and your witness. And they ask you, why are you so happy when everything's crumbling around us? And then you tell them, because God has done this for me and he can do that for you. And That's you so beautiful. Honestly, thank you. And now this question just kind of came to me because maybe somebody is watching or listening and maybe they're a younger person who's interested in sharing their faith or writing like you do. Do you have any advice for someone like that who maybe they're on that beginning journey of saying, you know what, I like what Nancy's doing. I like her website. You know, maybe I'd like to do something like that at some point. Well, as I outlined in the book, the first step to, if you're going to do your whole story is to write a faith biography where you go, you start your first time you ever realized that your, your first experiences in, in faith. And, and you, you think about things in like five-year increments, like, okay, from 10 to 15, where, where was I spiritually? And, and you just make a little timeline. And then you go in and you fill in all of these details and you start remembering all of these things. And then you have a, you have a plan that that's kind of like your plan. And then you can keep writing uh, different incidences in your life. And you can write a memoir that way for your, for your children, your grandchildren. That's one way to do it. Or you can write a, a book to market. Uh, there's a lots of biographies out there to read. Or you can send it to sharing your face story. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. So that that's that's what that's good advice yeah okay, one incident at a time for, for the blog joy alive is the blog so you send one incident like one incident of god did this for me and i shared it with this and this is what i wanted to share for those out there that are going through the same thing this is my experience now god may not do it the same way he might do a different kind of healing miracle but this is what he this is what his power can do for us and so just keep keep that in mind. And, and so don't, don't waste it, share it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love your enthusiasm and, uh, and you, you have a wonderful, wonderful ministry. I mean that with my heart, you know, I mean, 
having people like you on, on Journeys in Faith is a real blessing for me and also for Fiat Ministry Network. And I think I can speak for our producer, also Kent Kalhoski, who's there behind the camera, and also Bill Snyder with Patchwork Heart Ministry. Uh, as I mentioned during the commercial break, they're also doing really amazing work with this Discover Your Mission series. And just once again, invite people to, uh, to go there. Uh, again, there it is. <laughs> it's up there on the screen there, but it's at uh, patreon.com slash discover your mission. And that's another way to really be enriched in your faith. So um, I wondered also, Nancy, getting back to, to you and your story, uh, it has been probably amazing for you to meet so many wonderful people of faith that you've read their stories, you've talked to them. How has that experience been for you? Just all these great people that you've met. Well, I really relate to the conversion stories, but then I have my own renewal story of life in the spirit. And so I can relate to those. The ones that fascinate me are the vocation stories and the ones that are reverts to the church that were out for a long time. But it can be something just as simple as a special moment when God gave you a message of guidance that, that you had. Oh, for, for example, we in the book, we have an atheist. We have um, people from the Mormon, a woman from the Mormon church. We had just so many varieties of different stories. It's just, it's really amazing. And I look up to these people. These are my heroes because they've, been through so much more than I went through in making that that step to the, to Catholicism. I was at least in the Christian faith, <laughs> and so I can't imagine being uh, one of these other uh, non-Christian um, places, non-Christian ch churches or synagogues, that, and coming here. And so I just, I just, I'm just in awe of anyone that can um, share. To share with me this willing to share with me what their story is i just i'm just blown away by them because they're so I'm, beautiful i'm blown away by it too that's really fantastic now i'm sure we have some parents that are watching and thinking oh i want my children to believe like that i want them to have a faith i want them to go to church and pass it on to their children but you know with this pandemic yeah it's been challenging I didn't know if you had any words of advice for those people, for either young people or, you know, people who maybe have a family. Uh, what maybe words of encouragement could you give to them? I think for children, especially, if you want them to grow up to share their faith, then you start with something very simple, with a, which a lot of parents do. So when you put them at bed at night, you say, what blessings did God give you today? Maybe a friend gave you a, a popsicle or maybe the teacher gave you a um, good notice on your paper or whatever that or you ask them and they tell you did this, this, this. And you say, OK, who, who do you think would be interested in hearing this? Or who are you going to share that story with tomorrow at school? Or who are you going to share or go share that? Which of these stories you want to go share with daddy who wasn't there for the prayer time? And so you get them used to thinking about. God's blessing in their life day by day. And then you give them a little mission to go and share it with someone. And so if they do that through their young lives, then they're going to be natural evangelizers when they get older. No, that that's beautiful. 
because, you know, we're living in this age right now and, you know, this age will pass and then the younger people will be in our shoes, right? So we can only think to ourselves, how can we pass that on? And, you know, I think what you're doing with sharing your Catholic faith story is a great way to pass on the faith. So uh, again, I want to invite people to go to uh, joyalive.net and also nancyhcward.com. The other, they're two separate websites and right. also uh, social media platforms. I think on social media, your name might be Nancy H. C. Ward author. Is that exactly what that page yes. is on Facebook? Yeah, Nancy H. C. Ward. It's Twitter, Facebook, all that. Very, very good. Now we're coming close to the end of the show. I wondered if you had any, uh, you know, ending advice for anyone watching, maybe someone who's a little discouraged. Now you and I both know, we talked a lot about hope during this whole show and, you know, hope is alive, alive. and joy is alive, just like joyalive.net, right? <laughs> like your website. But uh, what other words of advice could you give to people who need that sort of booster in their faith to know that, you know, God is with us, you know? He's with, really is. He's with us. Always with us. And I think that, that, that when I had that first experience when I was 15, and I felt that joy coming up from within me. And when I, years, decades later, when I started the website, the, the full name of Joy Alive is Joy Alive in Our Hearts. Okay, that joy that's alive in our hearts is Jesus. And, and we shortened it to joyalive.net. But if you realize that he is always with you and people think they're not worthy or, or they don't accept that or they don't want to be open to it or they're afraid of it. Just sit still and let him love you. Let him bring that joy forth because it's the greatest joy in the earth, in the world, and it will last beyond any, any pandemic or any crisis of any kind. If you can just cultivate that joy. And if you have difficulty with that, remember you can just praise God and He will come. He will come in the He will come and live in your praises and He will bring you that joy. Oh, amen. Amen. I agree with you completely. Hey, would you be a guest again on Journeys in Faith? Sure. I got lots of stories. I figured you would. <laughs> very good. Very good. Thank you. Uh, now, I'd also like to tell our viewers and our listeners about another opportunity. Uh, it is a podcast. And for those of you who don't know about it, is that I host a weekly podcast, actually twice a week. It's called Sewing Hope, and it's spelled S-E-W-I-N-G. And you can learn about it at Patchwork Heart Ministry on YouTube. It's also on a couple other different podcasting outlets, such as Podbean and also tune in and it's even on like Apple podcasts, but it's a live podcast. It's every Tuesday at 9am Eastern. And it's with my uh, co-host and friend, Bill Snyder. Hello, Bill. I'm sure he's listening. And, and this is all, this show is also on his own podcast and it's on Thursdays at 6pm Eastern. So please do join us and subscribe at Patchwork Heart Ministry on YouTube. And guess what? Even at Fiat Ministry Network right here, they stream that Sewing Hope podcast uh, at, at those times that I mentioned. So thank you so much to Kent Kalhoski, our producer, and also our good friend, Jennifer Sinclair, who does a lot of the work behind the scenes 
for Fiat Ministry Network and is sharing this all over the place for us. So thank you so much. Nancy, I want to thank you for being a guest on this show. I enjoy it so much talking with you, Anne. It's good to, I'm getting to know you more and more and the more I know you, the more I love you. <laughs> oh, thank you. That, that means so much to me. Really, honestly, that's a blessing. Now I'm looking again at your book behind you there, sharing your Catholic faith story. You want to go and get that on Amazon. So please do. There it is on the screen. And it's just beautiful. It's a way that you can be really enriched in your faith. I hope that you'll get it and share it with your friends and family. You know what? We're kind of coming in, kind of coming into the holiday season, right? I mean, it's like September. <laughs> it's only a few months away. It could be a great gift for, for your spouse, a good friend of yours. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to get it for some gifts. I hope nobody's you know, none of those people are watching and find out that, uh, <laughs> that I might be getting it for them. I don't want to spoil the, the surprise, but, um, great gift for, um, our CIA students that are on fire for the Lord. And they, they, they've just been a, become a Catholic and they have a story to tell. Oh, that's so perfect. That's perfect. So all of the, the people who are watching, who are catechists mm -hmm. and, and working at churches, please do churches, archdiocese share this. This is so important. You know, you want to spread the faith. So again, Nancy, thank you so much. And also just one more thing, please check out on patreon.com, discover your mission, uh, uh, patchwork heart ministry, I should say, because there will be a show there called five minutes of faith. And my upcoming guest will be Nancy Ward. So make sure that you watch it. Nancy will give us a few tips for growing in your faith. So thank you so much again. And we'll see you all next week here on journeys in faith. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.